So the first thing you need to know is that the scriptures that were read this morning from Matthew 28 and from 2 Corinthians chapter 13 are not scriptures that I selected, right? I didn't select these scriptures because they, this is my last Sunday here and I thought they were appropriate. These are scriptures that are actually in the lectionary for today. These were the gospel reading and the epistle reading for today. It's as if God might know something was happening and just aligned it up. But they're very appropriate scriptures, at least for me. You may, you may not see it, but for me, they're very appropriate. Because there are two messages that I want to share with you today. And one comes from Matthew 28, and the other is going to come from 2 Corinthians 13. I must have been about 13 years old. I told you last week about my, my experiences with, with uh, falling over when somebody prayed for me, right? Uh, and the first one was when I was 13, and then, and then the second one was while I was preaching under the bridge for, <coughs> to the, the houseless community, and then the third was when I was in Cuba. But when I was 13, shortly after that experience of going up to the altar and, and on my 13th birthday and, and, uh, and my parents presented me to, back to the Lord and, and having that experience and then where I'm laid out on the, on the altar and I don't know why and I'm sweating. And I, I, shortly after that, there was a pastor in our conference, in the Rio Grande Conference at that time, and I believe he must have been the conference director. And he would go from church to church and visit. And he would share a message and, and, and preach when invited. And on, on a particular Sunday, the first time I heard him, I was about 13. And his name was Reverend Dr. Josue Gonzalez. And I remember looking at him and he carried himself with distinction. He was, he was just, I mean, he was an awesome man. And he spoke perfect English, which blew me away because growing up in the church, I did, none of the adults spoke perfect English. But this guy was, was articulate, and he was, he was charming, and um, he was tall and skinny, some, nothing like me, but he, he was what I imagined a pastor would be. And everywhere he went after that, I, I listened to him. He had a message that he always shared with congregations uh, that included this part. And he was specific in addressing young people, youth, children and youth in particular, about seriously considering That God might be calling you to ordained ministry. Right? We don't hear that much. And I know I've done, I haven't done a lot of that. But Dr. Gonzalez would always include that as part of his message. Young people, I'm looking over here, right? Young people, do not... shove out the, the word or the message or the voice of God who might be tugging at your heart calling you to consider pastoral ministry. Let that work and move in you 
And those of us who are pastors are saying, no, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. But if God is calling you, listen to that calling. I ran away from my calling. I've shared this story for decades. Entered ministry as a second career. But it was at 13 that I started to hear that voice. That tugging. That God was calling. And I'll say that to young people and I'll say it to older people too. Maybe you're looking for a change. And you've always felt that God was calling you. Now, hear this message as well. It doesn't have to be in ordained or pastoral ministry. If God is calling you and tugging at your heart, listen to that. Because the reality is that each one of us is being called by God for a particular reason. In Matthew 28, we see and read about what is known as the Great Commission, where Jesus calls and sends out his disciples to go out into the world to make disciples, to make new disciples of Jesus Christ. And that, in fact, is the mission of our church. Ryan alluded to it. The mission of the United Methodist Church is to make new disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. And each one of us is called to go and do that. You've often heard me say in my benedictions, It's time to go. You don't have to go home, but you got to go. Right? And then you've heard me paraphrase the the benediction, the, the charge to go and share the good news. And if necessary, use words. My friends, we're all called to go. To go share, to go love, to go give, to go receive, to in fact go. Part of itinerant ministry is to go. That's what Diane and I will be doing shortly. We've done it over the course of our ministry. Go. We went to Del Rio. Go. We came back to San Antonio. Go. We went to Kingsville. Go. We went to Austin. Go. We came back to San Antonio. It's been this coming and going over the course of 20 plus years. But we're all called to go. And maybe it is in ordained or pastoral ministry. Or maybe it's right where God has you. To go be a constable in Austin and impact the world around you. 
to go be an attorney in San Antonio and impact the court system around you. To go be a psychologist and impact the world around you. To go be whatever God is calling you to be and impact the world around you. And then the second scripture that we read came from 2 Corinthians. That was the epistle reading for today. Paul is writing his second letter. He's concluding his second letter to the Corinthians. Now he had written a letter probably 18 months before that, his first letter to the Corinthians. And the Corinthians, the church in Corinth, was a lively, active church, right? They had formed a very strong church in the city of Corinth. But something was happening there that Paul felt the need to write a letter to instruct the sisters and the brothers. And what was happening in this lively, active church is that it was being impacted more by the culture than they impacting the culture. It was being impacted more by the politics of the day than they were impacting the politics. Sounds kind of familiar, right? And Paul was reminding them of who they were in Christ. And the letter was well received. And so Paul thought he'd make a visit to Corinth, and so he does go. And in chapter 2, if you read it, chapter 2, verses 1 through 11, it's a horrible visit. Shouldn't have gone. Should have just wrote the letter. And so 18 months later, Paul is writing his second letter to the Corinthian church. And it's probably his most personal letter. Of all the letters he wrote, this was the most personal because he's impacted by the visit. And here's what Paul says. First he says farewell. I've written all that I've can written. I've said everything I need to say. So farewell. But keep this in mind. Make sure you put things in order. Make sure you make the first thing the first thing, the most important thing the most important thing, and keep your focus on God. Keep your focus on loving God and loving others. Shema. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all that is within you. And love your neighbor as yourself. Put things in order. Agree with one another. Now, understand that agreeing with one another doesn't mean agreeing with everything that everybody says. Sometimes the agreement is simply to disagree. 
right? Because we're all different. We all come from different experiences. We come with different uh, baggage. We come with different expectations. And so maybe the agreement is not to be of like mind on everything, but to agree to disagree and to do it with reverence and, and with respect and with love for one another. We don't have to agree on every single thing. We can simply agree to disagree and still love each other. Still be sisters and brothers. I bet everybody in this room has that one family member, that crazy aunt, that crazy uncle, that in public, we're not going to claim them. Right? And if you don't, it's probably because you're that person. But if push comes to shove, if there's a need, we're there. We're going to be there for crazy Uncle Hector. Did I say his name out loud? I'm sorry. <laughs> We're going to be there. Man, this is being recorded too. Jeez. Wow. Just kidding, Hector. Um, because he's family. Because we love him. And so sometimes the agreement is to agree to disagree and still love each other. Still be family. And so Paul writes, be in agreement with one another. Live so that you can live at peace. How many of you just long for the day that you can live in chaos, in turmoil, in struggle, in oppression? Nobody wants to live in that. We want to live at peace. And Paul is saying, live at peace with one another. And when you live at peace, the God of love and peace will be with you. When your heart's at peace, you begin to experience the peace and love of God more and more. Don't, don't, don't mishear me. You can experience the peace of God and the love of God in turmoil and in chaos. But God is calling you to a life of peace. His peace and love will take you through that chaos, will strengthen you through that chaos, will be with you in the trials and tribulations. The goal is to get to that peace, a life Completely at peace with God and with one another. And Paul is calling for that. Greet one another with a holy kiss. Simply a, a greeting that's sincere and authentic, pure. I had the privilege of having lunch this week with this man right here. And I can tell you that we don't agree on everything, right? But I love him. And he loves me. Like a brother. And I'll continue to have lunch with him because he pays, right? <laughs> and I like to eat. Because he's a brother. 
greet one another with a holy kiss. Finally, Paul says, may you know the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. May you experience the love of God. And may the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And Paul means that two ways. He's saying, I hope you receive. I hope you receive the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. I hope you receive the love of God. I hope you receive the communion of the Holy Spirit. And that's my prayer for you as as well. I hope that you continue to receive the grace of God. I hope that you continue to experience the love of God. I hope that you continue to experience the communion of God through the Holy Spirit. But Paul is also telling us, not only do I want you to receive the grace and the love and the communion of God, I want you to share the grace and the love and the communion of God with those you come in contact with. Give and receive. Receive and give. Those are Paul's final words to the church in Corinth. Those are Paul's final words to us. And they're my final words to you. As I come to the point in the ministry God has called me to, to say farewell. May the grace of God be with you. And may you share God's grace. May the love of God be in you. And may you share God's love. And may the communion of God by the power of the Holy Spirit be with you. Even in your disagreements. And may you share that communion. With those inside and outside of this body to the glory of God. And so there's one thing I need to do more as I end my time and this message. And I'm going to ask Ryan to come up because God has called me and I'm going. That's itinerant, that's itinerant ministry. God calls and we respond. But God has also called Ryan to take the lead of this congregation, this part of the congregation. And so I take the mantle and I place it on his shoulders as he becomes the teaching pastor here in the CLC. As he comes to lead, I pray that you will love him and support him. As you have loved and supported me over these past 11 years in my different roles here. When I got here 11 years ago to become part of this staff, I didn't know what to expect. 
In fact, some of you don't know this. When David asked me to join the staff, I said no. I didn't know David, so I didn't know what to expect. I knew he was the pastor at Alamo Heights United Methodist Church. He was, a, to me, with another crazy white man. Right? I was like, wait a minute, I go from the south side of San Antonio. No, I'm not going there. But you have welcomed this body, oh boy. You have received me and my family with so much love, so much care. That I've been humbled. You have grown me and nurtured me in so many ways. And I have been honored to be your pastor. And now I am honored to pass the mantle on to my brother Ryan. And I'm going to go where I came from. And Ryan's going to continue leading this service as I take a seat in the congregation with my wife. Amen. Thank you, Robert.